Hey, 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 frenzies. Welcome back to episode 31 of Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher. I'm excited about today's episode because I've been a little MIA on this podcast the last couple of weeks, and that's because I was asked to take over a class for another teacher. The class was not going well, and my principal asked me to take it over, and it's just been a really huge adjustment, but I've learned a lot of important lessons the last two weeks. It feels like it's been about two years, (laughs) but I just wanted to kind of dish on some of those lessons that I've learned, and maybe the information will help you if you ever come to this road in your journey or you're ever asked to do something kind of unexpected at your school. So let's get on with it. Are you feeling a little burnt out and exhausted this school year? Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher podcast is here to get you through the hard weeks. We will be tackling tough topics while addressing self-care tips and tricks to help you live your best life. I'm your host, Jessica Martin, a coffee drinking teacher and tech coach working on my own health journey as I pursue happiness in my teacher life. I am so happy you're here with me today and I can't wait to share all the things with you. Let's get on with the show. Before we start the episode, I just want to say thank you so much for spending your afternoon or morning or evening time with me. I really appreciate you. And if you ever get anything out of any of my shows or my content or the stuff I'm putting out, the biggest thank you in the world to me from you would be leaving me a review on iTunes. I treasure the iTunes reviews and When you get reviews on iTunes, sometimes they recommend your podcast to like-minded listeners as yourself. So it would just be really cool if you could leave me a written review. And if you can't, oh, well. (laughs) All right, let's get on with the show. It's going to be a good one today. Okay, frenzies, welcome back to episode 31 of Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher. I am your host, Jessica Martin. I go by the Whimsical Teacher online. If you're listening to this and you've never heard of me, you can probably find me on Facebook or Instagram. And yeah, let's get to know each other. (laughs) Send me a message that you've heard this episode. It would be awesome. Anywho, so a few weeks ago, well, it's kind of a long story and I'm kind of doing this unscripted. So I want to be careful what I say, because when you're on social media, it's always a balance between, you know, telling the truth, how things are really going and maybe getting yourself into trouble at work, right? Like, like I think if we were all completely honest about what was happening at our jobs, then yeah, I mean, the, the world of education would, there would be like this veil that comes off of it, right? Because most of us are going through some pretty, uh, intense, awkward situations, um, unpleasant things happening a lot. <laughs> and I think, you know, but we have to be so careful because we are public servants and we have, you know, the servitude, you know, towards the community in our hearts, trying to help students. And it's like, it's just this weird balance between, you know, having a public persona and telling the truth (laughs) and not getting people upset. So I'm going to do the best I can to try to tell you the gist of this kind of odd story of mine. So for the last two years at my school, I have been a tech coach. My official title is digital literacy coach. And it's been wonderful. It's been a wonderful position. It does end this year. It was only a two-year grant because my school got one-to-one Chromebooks, and this was part of the grant for the kids getting the Chromebooks. 
So anyway, but occasionally, you know, if you work in a small town or a small school or maybe even a big school, you know, like if you've ever been an instructional coach or a coach of any kind or an assistant or, um, you know, any any kind of position not a cl- as not a classroom teacher, a lot of times your school needs you to fill in for things. And they will ask you, like, can you sub this class period? Can you go do this? Can you help out in the lunchroom? I mean, you get asked to do little things. And it's fine because, I mean, we all know that not being a classroom teacher comes with a lot of perks, right? When you're working in the school system, you don't have to grade papers. You don't have to deal with parents. You don't have to design lessons. You don't have to do parent-teacher conferences. I mean, there are, and you don't have to deal with bad behaviors, right? Like there are a lot of perks to not being a classroom teacher. Let's just be real about it. We both know. We both know. So anywho, I got pulled in uh, a couple months ago to a classroom and I knew it was kind of I knew there were problems in this room because as a tech coach, I'm coming in and out of different rooms and trying to help teachers with technology, helping kids with their technology. And so I'm circulating through every room in the building and we only have a dozen teachers or so. So I kind of knew that this classroom culture in this one classroom wasn't really the greatest. And I knew that the teacher wasn't having the best time. And I'm I'm trying so hard not to <laughs> not to reveal too much info. But so I went to this room to sub and I was just like, oh boy, this is gonna be so rough because I know the teacher's having a bad time and I've been in here and the kids haven't really been the greatest. But I went into sub and honestly it it went fine when I went to sub. I just did my usual whimsical antics. I let the kids stand on their desk to read and we did silly voices because, you know, the teacher's using textbooks and worksheets, which I'm just saying it doesn't always work for having a a well-behaved classroom anymore. (laughs) But anyway, I don't want to, you know, everyone does things differently for a reason. So anyway, when I was subbing, though, like I'm expecting the worst and it it really wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. There were a couple classes, though, that I was just like, whew, that one was a little bit rough to get through. But, you know, we got through it. We had a good time. The kids were engaged. I felt successful. So anyway, fast forward a couple weeks later, I get asked to sub at the same classroom again. And I thought, you know, I'm going to bring in some fun activities for these kids and we're going to have a good time. Then I bring in these activities and they just blow up in my face, right? Like the kids aren't used to structure and rules and having fun at the same time. And so all of my activities I brought because, you know, again, I was left um, worksheets and a textbook for the entire class periods. And I was just like, this is not my style. So I bring in my own fun activity. And like I said, it blew up in my face. It was really bad behavior. The kids were not engaged. Um, and it just, I just felt, I just felt really bad. I kind of felt like a failure, like, okay, I don't really know as much about teaching as I thought I did. And I even told the admin assistant the next day, I just said, I, I can't go back to that room again, please. It was really, it was, it was not the greatest time of my life, right? Like I, I had a lot of problems and. And then I went and told the teacher, I'm just like, yeah, I had a lot of problems and I, I had a good conversation with the teacher about it. And uh, that person expressed, you know, similar concerns. And then I was just one about my merry way. And then a couple weeks later, the principal comes in 
and we didn't really get into too many details, but you know, he was just like, how would you feel about teaching eighth grade science just till the end of the year? And I just was like, what? I knew exactly the classroom. I knew the kids. <laughs> so it was a little bit stressful, but I was just thinking, you know, there's a reason this is happening. And I did have a couple stipulations and I told the principal what they were and he met them and I just agreed. I just thought, you know, I, I can be of service to these kids. I can be to service to my school. Is it against my contract? Sort of. Yeah. I mean, my contract states that I'm not really supposed to be doing teaching, um, but I just feel like I, I want to help out and I'm still going to be at the school for another year or two. So I, I want to make a difference any way I can. So I said, yes, I didn't throw a tanty. I didn't, I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have my usual griping session. There were no calls to my union rep or anything. I just said that I would take over this one class that was really not doing the best. And this is March, you know, it was the beginning of March. And I mean, it's, it was, it was kind of stressful and I was really worried and I was really scared, but I just used everything that I've learned from social media and my teacher friends and blogging and going to all these trainings. And I just, I just really teachered it up, right? Like every little trick in my book, like I decided I got to pull out all the stops and turn this class around and make sure the kids are engaged, learning, having a good time, and that we can save their entire view of science because at this point they kind of hate it, right? And okay, let me, let me pause really quick. So anywho, the day I found out that I was going to take over this class, of course, I had to pull my Instagram audience and I, and I just, I wanted to know what other people would do in my situation. Like, uh, you know, what would you do if you had to take over a class in March? And I would say that 90% of people said, you know, don't worry about the content or the standards or teaching any lessons, just worry about building relationships and making this a smooth transition and getting to know the kids. Now, luckily, I had all these kids as sixth graders because, you know, when they were in sixth grade, I was the social studies teacher for sixth grade. And I also had the kids that weren't in my two sixth grade classes. I had them at the end of the year for our zombie apocalypse PBL, which I teach full time in May anyway. So I, I know all of the eighth graders because I had them as students in sixth grade. So that really helped that I already know their names. We already have a bit of a rapport. They already know my style and my personality. So I wasn't just going into this blindly like, Oh no, these are a bunch of strangers. You know, I, they were already my students a few years ago, but a lot of changes happen between sixth grade and eighth grade. I'm sorry, but <laughs> you know, like some people, so, so some people change for the better, but a lot of people don't. <laughs> I mean, and I'm just talking about myself. I mean, I remember in sixth grade, I started going downhill and by eighth grade, I mean, it was like, Ooh, <laughs> Who is this girl? I mean, the middle school years are rough. So anyways, but I, I just kind of kept that in mind. Like I need to build a community. And I thought the first thing I need to do is really convey that I care about them and that I want them to succeed. And I want them to go on to high school and have really great high school experiences. So I made this slideshow using my bitmojis and it was really funny. And I tried to have it be like caring and funny. 
and thoughtful at the same time. And I kind of explained to them like everything we would be doing and why. And the why was always so that they would be successful in high school, they would be successful in life, and that they would feel like an adult cares about them. And I just spelled it out just like that. I'm like, I want you guys to have a newfound passion and love for this subject. And I also have them for a reading period in the morning where they're supposed to be reading um, library books. But obviously, in this classroom, that 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 expectation wasn't really being met. So I did buy us a class set of books that I found. I carefully researched one and I explained to them like, this is why, you know, you're going to be going from doing nothing all year to reading a 500 page book. (laughs) These are my plans for you. Like, and I just laid it all out. I'm like, you know, really sold them on the book, the concepts in the book, how they relate to science and social studies and ELA and all of these topics, and how when they finish a 500-page book, they're going to feel a great satisfaction. So I, th- I just thought, like, I need to sell them on why they all of a sudden have to read this book, and I need to sell them on me being their new teacher And, you know, not only like, oh, this is going to be a good time because I'm known as a fun teacher, but like you're also going to be learning a lot and I care about you. And then just why should we care about science again? Like, why do we need to take back control of science and start caring about it? Because it is so important. And they just loved the show. They were mesmerized and they were such good behavior. And I haven't really had any problems. I had a couple kids that weren't there the first day. And one of them was a little eh when they came back because they didn't get that first show that first day, you know. But I mean, we're, we're making strides. We're making progress. They love the book that we're reading and they are very flexible with, you know, different activities. Like the first week, I just thought I'm just going to have it be really structured. And every day I gave them like these doodle notes to color and answer questions on. So like we took notes and then they had their doodle notes and then they had questions that were embedded in their doodle notes. So every day we had the same expectation. So we had a pre-test on Monday and a test on Thursday because we are a four-day school. And then this week, I kind of was like, okay, behavior was perfect the first week. I got a bunch of their parents to sign up for Classroom Dojo. I decided I had to have a classroom management system. If I was going to take over uh, some poorly behaved students, I needed a way to let them know when they were doing what I liked. And I really, for Classroom Dojo, so many people have written it saying I wouldn't use that in eighth grade, but... I feel like this is a special circumstance. You know, these kids have had no discipline in this one room all year, you know, no discipline, no expectations. And I just feel like Classroom Dojo is a great way to set up like really clear, actionable steps. Like, I want to see you doing this. And so I, you know, I wrote it all out. I'm like, I want to see you come in quietly, sit down, take out your book, you know, have a clear desk. And that is worth a dojo point. You know, the first person who gets here and has their desk cleared off and is ready to learn, they get five dojo points. You know, so like I'm I'm trying to make it a competition a little bit with good behavior and dojo points. I don't know. It could blow up in my face this week, but so far, you know, we've done two weeks and it's going really well. They actually love the dojo points. And I have it for everything, like picking up trash, keeping your area clean, getting your work done, asking good questions, being respectful, listening to the teacher, like pretty much everything that, that I just want 
taught a normal classroom, I just listed on Dojo, assuming that maybe they don't know. Maybe they've forgotten what a good first period class looks like. I don't know. Like I just had to assume, even though they have seven other teachers, (laughs) I just tried to assume like maybe they don't really know. And so, yeah, dojo went great. I also decided, you know, instead of having table groups, I was going to have a horseshoe shape. So we're kind of a community. We're having these discussions. We're talking back and forth. I'm in the middle of the horseshoe every day. They have to look at me. So I knew that was going to be key to my success, too. And then just having really clear, well thought thought out and planned out lessons. And now, you know, last week I I kind of you know cut the cut the cord a little bit, so to speak, and I started being more myself, you know, and having more fun activities. And I taught them how to use Wii Video, which I'm actually recording this podcast on right now. And I taught them how to edit videos and add transitions and music, and you know, so instead of doing like these sort of, uh, even though they were doodle notes you know, kind of the style of a worksheet. Instead of doing that, they went from, you know, these these posters to creating videos about energy. And they were just so amazing and so good. And, you know, I taught them how to write a script and then edit a video. And I'm like, this is how they do it on YouTube. And they were just so enthralled and so grateful for the skill that they can use forever. I had several kids thank me for showing them how to use it. So it just made me feel good. Like, yes, this is what I'm supposed to doing. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Like, I'm meant to be here and this is going to be good. And then since then, I just been like, I, I did what I knew was true to my heart. Like, I knew that I was going to go in with these kids having a clean slate, but I was going to set up really clear rules and boundaries and have this kind of dojo-y reward system. But I knew that as they got better and better, I was going to kind of revert to my style of teaching, which is a little bit more laid back, creative and fun. And I feel like we're getting to that point. So it's, I don't know, like sometimes you just have to trust your gut like even if the textbooks are telling you, oh, you have to do this, this, and this, like, you know, you have to stay the same way, like whatever lesson they left off with their old teacher, you need to pick it up or whatever they were doing before you need to, you know, continue on. Or I had a couple of people tell me like, you need to have really strict rules, like, like really, like you really have to keep your thumb on top of them and don't let them have any leeway or any fun. Like you're going to have to be so strict. And, you know, like I, I feel like I haven't had to do that. Like I'm not constantly, you know, having to reprimand them or correct them or anything. Like there's just this really awesome vibe in the room. They're appreciative that I said yes to being their teacher and I'm happy that they're there. And, you know, do I have to correct some people? Do some people still have some behavior problems? Of course, it's not a perfect classroom. It's public school. It's eighth grade, but it's like 99% better than the classroom I had walked into a month ago and subbed in. So anywho, here are kind of my major takeaways is, you know, one, I think that, I think that when you go into something with the act of service in your heart, it's always going to end up being good. Like if you kind of go into a situation that you're not looking forward to and you're thinking to yourself, I am going to serve 
the people that I need to and think of it more of like you're serving them than like, oh, you have to now do this. I think that really helped with my my point of view on this whole thing. And the next thing is that I'm kind of learning how to give myself grace again. I mean, I haven't been a teacher for two years, aside from my little PBL project I do every May. And being a teacher is really hard. It's hard to get your grading done. It's hard to keep up with the planning demands and making everything perfect. And I'm just giving myself grace. Like, honestly, I don't even have my copies made for tomorrow. So I'm already thinking of other activities we could do that don't require any copies. And you just have to be flexible and give yourself grace. It's okay. Like, I'm not going to spend my weekends anymore. Um, I, I decided a, a few years ago, like, I'm not spending my weekends doing grading and doing t- my teacher job at home. Like, that is not my life anymore. Like, that is not the kind of teacher that I'm going to be. I'm still going to be effective. I'm going to be fun. I'm going to be engaging. Engaging. I'm going to make real world connections, but I'm not going to beat myself up anymore over not wanting to work myself to death at home. And that is something that I, I, I knew I needed to gear up for because next year I'm going to have eight classes again and it's going to be stress city but I just like like I heard someone say this on social media this weekend and they're pretty much like you know you're getting paid the same amount of money whether you do work at home or not so figure out a way to not do it at home (laughs) and I know that sounds kind of maybe it sounds kind of negative maybe it sounds kind of bad but there are ways of doing things there are ways of cutting hours out of your day and maybe it's not the most perfect pedagogy or maybe it doesn't look that good on paper. Like I do a lot of grading in class. Like we do a presentation every week and I grade the presentation when they go up to show it. And then maybe we do a quiz and I have people helping me grade the quiz. You know, I mean, it's not always perfect. Some people would gasp at that. And I understand that ELA teachers, when you have a lot of writing to read, it's not always the easiest thing to just say, oh, I'm going to have the class read this. I mean, you got to read and give, you know, written feedback feedback. But I still think that we could be cutting some corners to keep our sanity. And that's what I'm really reflecting on right now is like, how have I been spending my time the last couple of weeks? Um, and how am I going to spend it next year? And I'm trying to give myself grace and not beat myself up. Like, I think uh, this thought came into my head this weekend a couple of times, like I should just go to school and make the copies. I need these copies for Monday morning. Maybe I'll get up at five. Maybe I'll do this. I'll skip my workout. And just like, no, you know, I can figure out something else to do that I don't need paper copies for. I'm not going to give up my free time. I'm not going to get up at 4 a.m. Like, I don't have to be a perfect teacher to be an effective teacher, to build a relationship, to make my class engaging. Like, I just need to be 1000% when I'm in that room in that moment. And that is really my only goal. And that has been my goal for the last few years is just like, and I failed at it several times, you know, trying to be a thousand percent every day. I have my ups and downs, but like that's kind of that's that's kind of been my new mentality um, when I'm really thinking about the teaching profession and how many years am I going to make it? Like, am I going to make it to retirement? You know, what is my future going to be like in the world of teaching? You know, do I want to go on and get a, a license or an admin degree, or you know, what do I want to? Where do I really see myself? And honestly, I can see myself you know, rocking it in the classroom for a very long time, but not if that consumes my whole life outside of school. I can't do it anymore. And I think my first 
I would say my first five years of teaching, I let it consume me. I let it eat me alive. And I was miserable, just miserable. And I don't want to go back to that. So here I am giving myself my own pep talk. And who knows, maybe next year when I'm back to uh, teaching eight classes, I'll just be like, oh, yeah, right. You're not going to grade on the weekends, whatever. But we'll see how it goes. So anyway, give yourself grace. And then my my last tip for this whole thing is that if you're ever in a position like me, where maybe you get that kid that uh, that's gotten thrown out of another teacher's classroom, or you have to go take over a class, or your classrooms merge, or you just found out from last year's teacher that you're getting the worst kids in the school. <laughs> or you've read about those kids' parents in the newspaper. I don't know what this, the scenario is or what the situation might be, but I can tell you that if you go into it believing that those are some great students, that they are amazing in every way, and that they are wonderful people, and you go in like really looking for the positive, and then you model the positive and tell them what it looks like and give them a chance to you know, show you their positive, uh, you know, those stories are going to be stories of the past. You know, you're not going to like, I mean, I went into it like, you know, these, I know these kids, you know, even though I knew them in sixth grade and it's been a couple years and they've changed and they've grown up and they're more teenagers now. Like I know these kids and they are good human beings and they are going to do great things with their lives and they're going to do great things in my classroom and they're going to do great things when they leave my classroom. I mean, it's just like having this belief that they're not the worst kids in the school, like maybe everyone is saying, or it's not the most difficult, challenging class, you know, like getting rid of those negative words to describe these kids. It's going to help you so, so much. And I would recommend that like every year I've been teaching, people have come up to me and said, oh, you're getting so and so. Oh, boy, so and so is so bad. And you know what, I would say that 10% of the time, the person's right. And I'm like, oh boy, so-and-so. Woo! (laughs) But 90% of the time, I push that out of my mind and I just start out on a new foot with so-and-so and I try to just get rid of all my biases, shake them off, forget the things I've heard about so-and-so and and start a new relationship with so-and-so. And I think a lot of good teachers do that, but sometimes you have it in the back of your mind. Like you're, when you're expecting something bad to happen, a lot of times the bad thing happens. But so with my my class, I, I just try not to expect nothing. I expected that they were going to be perfect little angels like they were in sixth grade. And when they came in, they were perfect little angels just like sixth grade. Like they didn't do anything. They have not done anything to upset me. You know, like I said, there are a few speed bumps. There are a few road bumps, but there were back in sixth grade too, you know? So, I mean, like I said, it's it's nothing out of the, uh, like, unusual. It's nothing that that I can't handle. It's nothing that has shocked me. And I really think it's all my mentality walking into it. It's It's some of my preparation. It's some of the language I'm using. But a lot of it is my mentality that I prep myself before they came in the door, really, really believing that they are incredible human beings. And I think that if you really believe that, then you can make some magic happen. So anyways, uh, Grace, you know, believe in the very best. And, you know, don't don't knock yourself out to be perfect, especially when you're in a position like this, where it's like, yeah, we need you to come in and basically save the day or whatever. Like just because you're helping out and saving the day doesn't mean things are going to be perfect or that you're perfect, right? Like just keep keep at it with the 
the mentality of that you're serving. You know, you just want to serve. You just want to help and forget the rest. And, you know, and go with your gut. My gut told me that Class Dojo was going to work, even though a bunch of teachers online told me it wouldn't and it's working. So, you know, I'm, I'm trusting my gut. I'm trying to forgive myself. I'm trying not to be too hard on myself. And I'm just believing every day that these kids are going to just, just, just really wow me. And so far it's all come true, but it's only week two. So I don't know, maybe next week I'll come back with a horror story. <laughs> At least you'll be here to listen to it, right? All right, frenzies. Thank you for listening so much. I can't wait to talk to you next episode. And if you're on spring break, I hope you're having a great one wherever you are, uh, whoever uh, else you're listening to. <laughs> I hope you're having a fantastic day and I will talk to you soon. You've just finished listening to Healthy Teacher Happy Je- Happy Jessica. What? <laughs>